This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined by my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? Oh, man, the Toronto Raptors are really good. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I'm, 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 I've, I've come back off the uh, edge of the cliff there when it comes to the Sixers. Okay, uh, okay. I, a big, big win last night uh, against Indiana that uh, I, I definitely saw them losing. I, I thought it was going to happen. I thought they were going to take the L. But they came back. They played really well down the stretch in the second half. Uh, I think we might be okay with the Sixers. I, I'm pretty locked in on them being a solid playoff team. I don't know much about my uh, Houston Rockets aren't going to make the playoffs pick that I that I said last week. I think that might be, uh, now that Harden's back, that might be a tough one to uh, see through all the way to the end of the year. Hey, it happens. I got you. I got you. That's the take's right, got to be hot, though. The take's always <laughs> have to be hot. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And as always, you know, people that are tuning into this feed, you might have been flooded recently with our Raptors post-game show. So Late for night. those people... Those people who are new to this podcast, this is the Ball on Blast podcast. Me and my guy, Andrew Webster, we go through all the topics, the fun stuff going on in the NBA, the must-talk-about moments in the NBA, week to week. This podcast is always available Friday mornings. And as I said, we talk a little a little bit of Raptors, but mostly it's all about the NBA, why all we love the NBA, the fun stories. Yeah, right? yeah, all, all the big stuff happening, all the big and the small stuff happening in the NBA that you should be on. Exactly. So if you definitely enjoy the Wrap It Up podcast, which is our Raps postgame show, this was the birthplace of that, the Ball on Blast podcast with my guy, Andrew Webster. So hopefully we can entertain you as well here, right? But listen, I mean, the Raptors have been doing so well, and there's such a story now in the NBA across mm-hmm. all mediums that it's obviously got to be what we talk about first. This is incredible, Shelley. It is crazy what's going on with the Toronto Raptors and what a week it was Raptors now at 11 and one best start in franchise history they just completed a four games west coast road trip sweep in which they beat who they beat they beat the Suns they beat the Lakers they beat Utah and Sacramento and this great stat from Josh Lewenberg the Raptors have been on 38 west coast road trips of four games or more in their 24 year history this is the first time they've swept one. And, and that and is it, just crazy. These Western road trips used to be a big, uh, like almost a bugaboo for the Raptors. It was like, yeah, sure. they're, they're doing really well. And then they go out West and they drop three of five. Or, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Sam Mitchell was fired in, in Utah after a crazy game, right? The zero, 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 <laughs> right? Like that's a West Coast trip. Yeah. Kevin O'Neal breaking his hand in uh, after a loss, I think, in Phoenix, was it? Yeah, w- right? West Coast like, trip. West Coast trip, right? Oh, no, Kevin O'Neal whipping the lamp because Jalen Rose broke his hand. That was the story, right? <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. No, yeah, and it was uh, was Triano breaking the, uh, breaking the clipboard on a West Coast road trip? That might be a tough one to find out. Maybe. Obviously, Kobe's 81. Yep. Like, there's just a lot going on with the Raptors on the West Coast. So it was cool to kind of see what the week the week had entail for your Toronto Raptors that are now, 
I mean, well, in, in command, let's say, of the Eastern Conference. So the way that they've looked and the way that this has gone, people are, are getting super excited in Raptorland. And I'm going to be honest, I know that our first segment that we do each and every week on the Ball on Blast podcast is a little something we call Turn Up or Turn Down. And how the segment works for those of you new to the podcast is we make a hot take, turn up equals good, turn down equals bad. This first one, Webby, I know that it's a quote-unquote hot take, but I'm actually being serious here. And the first topic is the Raptors could give the Warriors a go in a seven-game series. Webby, are you turning up or turning down on this? Well, oh, oh. <laughs> we're starting off hot here, Webby. We're starting off hot. And, and listen, I, I don't think it, even if I answer no to this, which I think I'm going to, that it mm-hmm. it, it – you know, denigrates anything that the Raptors have done already this season, which has been For nothing sure. short of like really special. However, seven games, uh, where you have best of seven, where you got to win four against the Golden State Warriors, is not something that I think the Raptors are quite ready for yet. Okay. I think okay. that this, I think that the roster has a lot of promise, and I think even the best stuff of what we will see about the Raptors, we haven't seen yet. I think the best yeah. is yet to come. But winning four where you have to win two, at least two, in Golden <laughs> State is... is well, yeah. Here's the thing, though. We're not t- I'm not talking about winning the series. I'm just saying it goes six games. You know what I mean? Like, I'm saying they give them a go. They win a game. They win two games. No, I'm going to give them the Sixers in 2001. I think they win the first okay. one. I think they win the first <laughs> one and then take the, take the, uh, like the five-game loss. The five-game sweep, as they say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's definitely interesting, and I'm going to turn up on this. And I like what you said, though, Webby, because it makes sense. You saying turn down isn't an indictment on the Raptors. It's more so just the, like, absolute monsters-like team I, that the Warriors have created. I mean, I was right? going to say that the Raptors are the best team in the oh, are the best team in the uh, NBA right now. But I can't because... Golden State Warriors are there. Yeah, I think the Raptors definitely can give the Warriors, of all the teams in the NBA, I think the Raptors give the Warriors the best go. And the reason being is, I mean, with that said, there's got to be a lot of qualifiers, right? Obviously, we're talking about a healthy Toronto Raptors team, first off, right. meaning a healthy Kawhi Leonard, a 100% Kawhi Leonard. You need a A++ Kawhi Leonard, and you need an A++ healthy Kyle Lowry. That's for starters. Secondly, the reason why I think they give them a go is just because the way that this Raptors team is, they're deep enough that and they can defend, right? Like, nobody's going to stop Clay and KD, but you're just going to try to harass them. You're just going to try to throw enough bodies at them and also make them work on defense, right? And that is just, you look at a guy like Siakam and what he's doing. He yeah. might be the breakout star of the oh. early season for the Raptors, right? And he's just running up and down the court. Someone's got to guard him, right? (laughs) And the one thing I'll say about this Warriors team, they're not as deep as they used to be. Meaning, obviously, they're still super top-heavy. But they're not getting the boost from the bench that they would have before with, like, Igudala. I don't think, really has much left in the tank. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's still the same top-heavy team. But the Raptors, I think, could make it interesting. I'll say that. Are they winning the series? No. I got to see more. But... To second your point, Webby, of what you said about the Raps, and we haven't seen the best of them yet, 
I don't know if you saw Fred Van Fleet a couple games ago. It was pregame, and he said, you know, in spite of our record, I don't think we've played well in the majority of the games this right. season anyways, right? And Kawhi kind of second that, right? Kawhi at Leonard was out here talking about how he doesn't even know the plays yet, right? So if this, this is what they're doing, there's still another level for the Raps to go. I think they could give the Warriors, they could make it a series. They could make it interesting. But, hey, the fact that we're even talking about this is just amazing for the We the North Nation, right? It's tough, though. The other thing is it's early November. Exactly. It's er- right. and, and, But you say this all the time. Raptors fans got to enjoy the season. And when you're looking like this, you should be able to enjoy the season. But, man, already talking about how many games you can take off the Warriors in the finals, uh, <laughs> you know, there's still... Hey, that's why it's a hot take. Yeah, I understand. I understand. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn down. I'm, I still don't think that they'd... Uh, I, I would say, yeah, five-game sweep is what you're going to get. I like it. I like it. Um off of this road trip, though, Webby, what was the most impressive part of the road trip the Raptors just had for you? Like, what stood oh, out the most? I get the, There's a lot. Obviously, there. the win in L.A. Okay. Uh, is big. But to be quite honest, is finishing it off against Sacramento. That was the one that I thought they were going to lose. Because, okay. uh, honestly, man, I think Sacramento is really, really much improved. Uh, I think, I, I mean, I really like their team. And I really like the coach, the, uh, the, the, what Coach Jay has done there as well. And that was the one that I thought that the Raptors would kind of overlook, you know, successful road. And it kind of looked like that early. Right, exactly. They came out and they looked like, honestly, like the Sixers turning the ball over so much. <laughs> but, the, but being able to kind of overcome that bad start on the last game of the trip against this, you know, uh, team in the Kings that are, are kind of taking people by surprise, and especially for an East Coast team, maybe you haven't been watching a lot of film on the Kings or whatever if you're the Raptors, but I thought closing out the uh, West Coast swing with a win there was was probably the most impressive part. I mean, other than beating LeBron, right? Yeah, there are so many moments uh, on that trip, you know, that definitely the highlight, I, I'll, I'll agree with you and say, Beating the Lakers, beating LeBron was definitely a big deal. And I think it was a massive deal as well because Kawhi Leonard, the Lakers are one of the teams rumored to be in the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes. That's not a good sales pitch if you're the Lakers, right? Getting dummied by the team Kawhi's on and he's not even playing. That's not a good look for the Lakers if, if you're really trying to get Kawhi Leonard. So I think that was really a big thing for the Raptors. Also, a small measure of revenge for all the disrespect LeBron has given the Raptors over the years. I feel like Kyle and Serge had a little extra juice in that game. So that was really cool to see. But my biggest takeaway from this little four-game West Coast road trip, Pascal Siakam is the Raptors' third most important player. Oh, yeah. And I didn't think that was something that was – like, even could possibly be in my vocabulary heading into this season. Like, I knew he took a jump. There was a lot of talk from training camp and stuff, and Nick Nurse giving him a lot more of a of a, of a rope to play with, if that makes yeah. sense. But he's just incredible. He's all over the court. He's affecting the game in so many different ways. I didn't know he had that much of his in his offensive game. That's, That's more than just say. the hustle yeah. buckets. It's so crazy. I mean, like you say, somebody's got to guard him. <laughs> like and forcing a team to put a good defender on a guy like Pascal Siakam is going to be really good for the rest of your team, right? And, and, and yeah, honestly, it, I feel bad in that I've kind of 
in the off season and, and towards the end of the last season, I was like, oh, Pascal Siakam, like poor man's Draymond Green. What a, uh, he's way more offensively skilled than Draymond. Yeah, he can score in so many different ways. It's crazy what Siakam can do. It's and you know what? It always reminds me of. It's like that uh, that Drake nonstop song. Shit don't ever stop, right? right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. just what it is. He's like all the way. He's all over the place. And he really doesn't stop, whether it's on the offensive end or defensive end. Siakam just keeps going. So that, to me, has been the biggest part of the Raptors' uh, start. But, hey, people listening, if you agree, disagree, give us a shout. Let us know where you think we're right, where you think we're wrong. All good. And, again, don't forget to check out the Wrap It Up On Blast postgame show, which is live uh, after each and every Raptor game on the Twitter number one, at Shell Alexander. The number one postgame Raptors, post-Raptors show out there. 100 percent did i see my boy brendan dunlop there making an appearance oh he did make an appearance i know brendan dunlop came through on like the suns game like a west coast friday night 10 o'clock game phoenix suns i was like are you sure you want to come do this game he's like yeah yeah i'm in even more impressive even more impressive when you realize that he has to wake up early on saturday to watch all the soccer Exactly right. It, it was great. I was very impressed. I, I felt honored. I felt blessed. Well, Happy that he came to bless. I really like that the the cast of characters is growing more and more. Like you know, which, who are you going to see at the at the end of this game? You know, which which one of your favorite talking heads is going to be there? It's amazing. Right. It's always a surprise. It's always a surprise. So yeah, that's been a lot of fun. So don't forget to check that out in the same place you get this podcast. So. That's been really cool. One last note here regarding the Raptors. I just want to mention that the Spurs have lost two in a row to the Magic and Heat. While DeMar continues to cook on offense, the Spurs have lost back-to-back games to the Magic and the Heat. Just saying. I'm just going to put that in the tape, put those chips in the table and leave that there. All right. All right. Again, long season. (laughs) Long season. Long season, long season. Uh, Next up in our turn up, turn down segment. Again, we make a hot take, and it's either turn up, which equals good, turn down, which equals bad. Next hot take, the best Canadian basketball player right now is Jamal Murray. Now, the reason this comes up, Murray dropped 48 on the Celtics, and which was a record for the highest scoring game by a Canadian-born player. Now, obviously we're saying born because... There's a whole Steve Nash asterisk, which, whatever. That's not the point. Oh, I guess he dropped yeah, 48 points, Steve Nash, which is massive. Steve Nash doesn't get counted because he's born in South Africa. Yes. Oh, okay. But I mean, that's still stupid asterisk. But because, and I think he scored 48 in a playoff game one. Who, year. Steve Nash? But yeah. either way, Steve Nash did. Yeah, yeah. So, but either way, the point remains, Jamal Murray, 48 points, dope. One of the best performances we've ever seen by a Canadian in the NBA. Webby, the best Canadian basketball player right now is Jamal Murray. Turn up or turn down. So, hold on. The question is, best Canadian basketball player right now? I'm going to turn down. Ooh, turn down. Okay. I'm going to turn down uh, because R.J. Barrett on Duke is the best Canadian basketball player right now. Oh, okay. That's where you're going I, with this. Okay. I was trying to I was like right, no, right now. Okay. Right now, I take RJ Barrett okay. over Jamal Murray. Wow. So I am assuming you caught Duke versus Kentucky then? That's I, what I did right see now? Duke versus Kentucky. <laughs> and I'll tell you that the Ball on Blast podcast is gonna have a lot more 
college basketball talk this season. Because if you're not watching Duke every time they're playing, I don't know what you're doing. Like this, do you understand? Yeah, we can't be friends if you're not. Do you watching understand them. what they're putting out on the? Do you understand what they did to the University of Kentucky in their opener? They no. put up a hundred and twenty <laughs> points, hundred and eighteen points to be specific. But I round up hundred. I'm like, okay, hundred and twenty points is really impressive. But usually you see it when it's like, oh, Duke played College of Charleston, you know, some Div threes team. No, they put up 118 points on the University of Kentucky. Okay, they've got yeah. three of the best players right now in college basketball. Two of them generate the I like, bro. I know it's one game, generational stars. Here, here's the thing that's crazy, right? Obviously, us in Canada, we got to see them in the preseason, right? They did that Canadian tour where they played right. Ryerson and U of T. They made Hill. they made Kentucky look like Ryerson. Yeah, that was the craziest part about this, right? Like, watching those games, you're like, okay, yeah, Zion looks legit. RJ, we already know, is legit. Those guys look like dominant players. Cool. But that's against Ryerson. And then you watch that game against Kentucky, who was ranked as the number two team in the nation. How are they ranked right? ahead of Duke? That's a whole other story. I don't know. Supposedly, Kentucky's supposed to be deeper. That was a thing. Right? But it like, didn't look like it. <laughs> Definitely didn't look like it. The other funny part about that game to me was all the the cutaway shots of Calipari just looking so oh, rattled. Rattled. Well, it's so oh, so funny that it's like get, talk about getting beat at your own game, right? Right. They here come these three kids in reddish Zion and RJ that are just like like obviously they're going to be playing in the NBA next year. So. Player for player, you're taking you're taking RJ Barrett. I think RJ's over Jamal. Yeah, Murray. I think RJ's overall game is better. I think Jamal's a better shooter for sure. But did okay. you see some of what RJ Barrett was getting to drop in the lane? Yo, he had one move where he was dribbling it, then went behind, dribbled behind his yeah. back, got in the lane, floated glass and one, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Yo, and then, right. first of all, and then the listen, Zion, his first point being a three pointer. And then did you <laughs> did you see his step back long Jimmy? Like yeah. the put it between yeah. the legs, step back and hit the jumper? Oh my god. Like I I, I hate Duke. I've always hated Duke growing up. Same, right there with you. I'm firmly on the Duke bandwagon. <laughs> I want them to go undefeated and win the national championship. Oh, <laughs> uh, so much fun. I will say though, Webby, I'm gonna disagree with you on this. You're one. gonna go it's Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. Jamal Murray is the best Canadian basketball player right now. I say that is because 48 points in the NBA is 48 points in the NBA. No, 48 points and on the Boston Celtics, too. True, right? Like, that's not a garbage time 48. Well, we'll get to what he tried to do in garbage time. But, you know, it wasn't a garbage time 48 points. It wasn't against, like... You know, the I'm trying to think who's the worst team in the league, the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> it's so weird to think of the Cavs as being the worst right. team in the league now, isn't it? Just, like I have to pause and be like, oh, yeah, LeBron's gone. Shows they how are trash. shows how pretty good LeBron James is. <laughs> right. But the fact that Jamal Murray went out and dropped 48 on the Celtics, like a pretty damn good team. And he was just balling, doing it in all kinds of different ways. I got to give it to Jamal Murray just because. He's doing it in the biggest league in the world. Now, obviously, that's not RJ's fault. If there was if there was no one and done rule, obviously RJ would be in the league right now. 
but we don't know what he would do in the league. So with what I, the information I have presented in front of me, I'm going to take the guy that I just watched do it in the league. That's all. Okay. Fair enough. Interesting. Fair yeah. enough. Interesting and conversation. Listen, though, right? I, I love Jamal Murray's game, and I think he's really evolved as a basketball player over the last couple of years. Um, but you know what? I call him a system player. Ooh. Now he's in the Ooh. he's in the totally perfect system for his game. Uh, yeah. Playing no, that's playing true. with that run and gun Denver offense. Uh, is it interesting that Andrew Wiggins? Neither of us brought up Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Not really. That I mean. <laughs> But no, I think it's more. It, nobody brought up Kelly Olynyk. Oh, okay. <laughs> Denim Brown. So you're taking it deeper. You're taking it deeper <laughs> no. than than Wiggins. Okay. No, no, no. I like okay. I, I like Barrett's game, and and I was just so impressed. I, I I'm one of these people who was like, you know what, Zion. I'm here for Zion. I'm here for Zion. But like, got to watch a Canadian kid. He's been playing really well internationally for the uh, Canadian team, and then to be able to see him do that on the big stage, I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, no, totally cool. Uh, great game by Jamal Murray. Great game by R.J. Barrett and Duke. But a little more happened in that game when Jamal Murray dropped the 48 points. Yeah, somebody got mad in real life. So late in the game, clock's winding down. The game's out of reach. Denver's about to win. Jamal Murray sitting at 48 or 47. What did he have? Uh, 48. Either way. 48. He, yeah, it was 48, right? Either way, he throws up a shot. As time is expiring, Kyrie Irving gets a rebound, and Kyrie Irving is not happy that Jamal Murray just tried to score with the game out of reach and the clock winding down. And what does Kyrie Irving do? He gets the ball and whips it into the crowd. And you could watch the video and read his lips. He, he, he It looks like he's saying, fuck out of here. What are you doing? Yeah. And throws, you want the ball? And, like, whips it into the crowd. Now, Quite simply, I'm just going to ask you, Webby, whose side are you on in this one? Kyrie or Jamal Murray? I'm on Jamal Murray's side. I'm not on Kyrie's side on this. And okay. I'll tell you the best way, and like I'm going to steal it right from the horse's mouth, but the best way that I heard this explained was by Jalen Rose. Okay. You don't want him to get 50? Don't let him get 48. Ah. Okay? okay. Like, okay. you know what? You can get super mad that he did this, but you know what? Don't let him get there. I, yeah. I I don't understand this. Like, I don't know being mad. Like, being mad about something like that. I'm. Do you know what? I'm kind of on both of their sides because I see the I see the I see the positives in what both of them did, but I also see the negatives of what of what both of them did. And I know that sounds like a cop out, but to fully sum up my point. I'm going back to the wise words of Steven Jackson, which is respect it or check it, right? Which means I can do whatever I want, and if you got a problem with it, check me, right? Say something. And so if Jamal Murray wants to go and score 50 because that would be pretty cool to score 50 points, and he shoots it, play defense, Kyrie. And if you're not playing defense on it and then you're mad about it, if I'm Kyrie Irving, what I would have done when I got the ball, I would have walked right up to, to Jamal Murray told him about himself, like, yo, bro, what are you doing trying to suit at the buzzer? That's lame. And just, like, shove the ball in his chest. Like, just let him know a little bit, like, yeah. yo, we don't do that here. Right? But the way, like, to whip the ball into the crowd, that was kind of whack. Yeah. That was kind of whack. It, right? it, 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 it reminded me of uh, Cartman from South Park. You know, like, <laughs> I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. You yeah. know, like, and it almost, like, 
probably you know he was probably more mad that they got dusted by the Nuggets rather than mm-hmm. you know like this fifty point thing. And obviously Kyrie's a competitive guy, and one thing leads to another. But like, come on, man! Like, like you mad? Come on, big mad. You big mad? Seriously, right? like, come on! I, again, it's early November, man. It's like yeah. relax. And Kyrie was talking about it still, like two days later. That's what like, I was going to say. Really salty. He doubled down on it just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I saw that, and I was like, bro, you got to let this alone for a minute. Let it go. Let it go. Right. I think it's like he's probably mad about the Celtic season isn't going as smoothly as people probably anticipated so far. But again, it's early. Relax. Chill out. You'll see them again and respect it or check it. Right. Exactly. Get them back next time you see them. And I think next that's time you the play, kind of drop 48 on him. That's the kind of thing that he was saying, too. He's like, we're going to see them again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But in terms of Canadian basketball, Bottom line, whichever way you go in terms of who is the best player in in Canada right now or who is the best Canadian basketball player, whichever way you go, bottom line is it's a great time for a Canadian basketball yeah. era of Canadian basketball. This is crazy that we're even able to have this conversation and bring up multiple names and talk about dudes dropping 48 in, 48 in the NBA or talk about someone breaking the freshman scoring record in at Duke. Like, these are things that are just crazy that, you know, someone who like I'm 35 years old. I remember when we were happy that Steve Nash was on Santa Clara and they made the tournament. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I remember those things. So to see things now, that's it's just incredible. So super dope. Canada, Canada's ballers keep balling. That's dope. Moving our next topic, our final topic in our turn up, turn down segment, Webby. <laughs> There's a team named the Washington Wizards. They Whoa. are two and eight this season, just ahead of the one and eight Cavs for last place in the Eastern Conference. It's been a wild week in which I'm gonna go through a little bit here before we get to the actual topic, right? All but right. it's been a wild week where Stephen A. Smith has been calling their franchise an absolute disgrace. People are saying John Wall is overweight. People are saying Scott Brooks is not the right man for the job. Bradley Beal might be their only tradable asset. Things look kind of awkward right now for the Washington Wizards. And what do you know? Their plan of bringing Dwight Howard in to try to solve their problems didn't work. So my (laughs) question to you. Surprise, surprise. surprise. Dwight Howard and Austin Rivers didn't help things. So here's the next hot take. Again, we make the hot take. Turn up equals bad. Turn down equals good. Here it is. It's time to blow up the Washington Wizards. Webby, what say you? I'm turning down. Oh. Because the time to okay. blow up the Washington Wizards was two seasons ago. <laughs> well played. Well played. Th- well played. This is like, a, 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 for some reason, the Washington Wizards are seeing this terrible experiment play out all the way to the very end. They, yeah. They've had a couple of real options to blow this up and not have such a drastic change as they're going to need to have very soon over the past few years. Like, you're going to have to get rid of Beal and or Wall. Yeah. And, I mean, they, as you said, they really doubled down on this and messed it up by giving John Wall the, the super max deal that, you know, at the time, you could argue whether he deserved it or not, but... They didn't really get anywhere for him to command that, right? 
he was an all-star, but there's still questions about whether he was the best point guard in the Eastern Conference, let alone the league, right? So there are always a lot of questions there. And the fact that now he got paid and all these stories start coming out about him partying or is he over, looking overweight, it's like, he's got, it's just not a good He's look. got Doncic disease. <laughs> he's not He's not white, though. He's just dope. Yo, yo, someone, uh, what was I just listening to on the way home? But they were making the point about how uh, Kyrie and John, well, John Wall copied Kyrie in the sense that when Tommy Heinsohn said that uh, Kyrie looked like he was out of shape, Kyrie just cut his hair. Yeah. He just got a haircut. <laughs> And then they're like, John Wall magically a couple days later, like, did the same thing. <laughs> it's like, yo, you just cut your hair. Like, that doesn't mean you you look like you lost weight. Like, who are you fooling right now, right? Like Tommy Heinsohn. That's who he's fooling. Tommy Heinsohn. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Fooling Tommy Heinsohn. That's true. His eyesight might not be there. Right? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Incredible. But, yeah, I mentioned just a drama going on in Washington right now. And, we alluded to it last week, and we didn't really deep dive into it, but it's just gotten worse over the, the following week, so here we are, right? And we mentioned the questions from before the season started, and a reminder, before the season started, reporters were already asking John Wall if he was partying too much because the rumors were out there that he might be up in the club, right. you know? And here's a quote that John Wall gave. Again, this is before the season started. Quote, you got a 9-to-5. What are you going to do after your 9 to 5? You're not about to sit in the house all day, are you? I'm a grown I'm a grown I'm man. Grown ass I man. can do what I want to do. I'm a grown ass <laughs> man. I'm a man. I'm 40. No, sorry, he didn't say that. But continuing, he said, "I know what I'm going to bring to the table and that's 110% effort. I know how to work hard on my game and I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm not all about to sit at home and be boring." That was John Wall before the season started. Well, Thursday today being Thursday when we're taping this podcast. <laughs> There's a show called First Take on ESPN, which is hosted by a man we might be familiar with named Stephen A. Smith. And Stephen A. Smith went on the air, Webby. <laughs> and people listening, I would love to hear all of your opinions on all of this because I found this to be just absolutely <laughs> amazing and why I love the NBA. But Stephen A. Smith went on the air today and he said, quote, the situation with John Wall is so bad I'm getting pictures of John Wall off the court where people are seeing him. They're bringing up Rose Bar, one of the most popular nightclubs, if not the most popular nightclub in Washington, D.C. They're talking about off-field habits, John Wall. Pay attention. Stephen A. Smith then continued to say, I think I've been to Rose Bar once, but I'm not sure. But I know it's the hottest nightclub in D.C. I will tell you this. I'm going. I'm not apologizing for that. But that's a different subject for another day. <laughs> I don't have to play in front of the Wizards fans. I'm not getting paid over $30 million, and I'm not scheduled to make $46.9 million in the last year of my contract four years from now. $46.9 million four years from now. For, for so, a guy who's shooting, what, like 17% from three? <laughs> right? And who is known to be a bad teammate. How do we know this? Because his teammates told us. How bad year. of a teammate he is. <laughs> right? So, like, this is just all incredible. And you got to remember, it wasn't just that. Because remember he got into it a couple years ago with, uh, was it J.J. Barea? 
pretty sure he got into it a couple years ago with JJ Barea, and JJ Barea was quoted as saying, like, your teammates don't even like you. <laughs> right. So like dudes around the league know that this is a thing. This is a bad reputation thing. And last year, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Marcin Gortat, who's magically not there anymore. But he was it was when uh John Wall was out of the lineup and the Wiz really went on a bit of a run last year when John Wall got hurt. And there was a lot of talk about teamwork and passing the ball and things that would lead you to believe that they were being successful because John Wall wasn't there. Before we get to the clapback, Webby, I want to get your take on this whole sending pictures to Stephen A. Smith of John Wall partying in Rose Club. Well, or Rose Bar, sorry. Stop, My bad. stop snitching. <laughs> First of all. Like, I mean, Hold on. The people sending the pictures or Stephen A. Smith on TV saying that he has said pictures? No, no, no. The people sending the pictures. I, that's what <laughs> Stephen A. gets paid for. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. But I would say, <laughs> listen, tell your friends. Don't be, don't be taking pictures in the club, okay? That's number one. It's true. Put the phones away. Yo, right? come on. Enjoy yourself. Yes, Go and buy I John Wall a drink and some chicken wings. <laughs> Right? Like, that's the first problem with this gender. I mean, filming people when they don't want to be filmed. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a thing now. The Ottawa Senators and the Uber. Oh, my God. That's for another podcast. Yeah, that's for Pucks on Pucks on Blast. Pucks on Blast coming soon, 2020. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but this story is crazy. And as you said, if you're really taking pictures of another grown-ass person. Grown-ass man in, a in club? the club. Yeah, like and then sending it to some like i don't even i can't fathom that right and maybe i'm old i'm like out of this whole cell phone culture of 100%. just invading people's privacy i'm 100% washed yeah right like invading people's privacy for likes you know maybe i'm too old to understand that i don't get that culture but first off i agree with you what are you doing sending pictures to Stephen a smith about that <laughs> how do you have Stephen a smith's number they probably send. I guess you're DMing them. It must oh be through yeah, yeah, Twitter. Twitter. That, that's how washed I, I am. Here I am, still phoning Stephen A. Smith to tell him I have. I'm, I'm going to <laughs> Walmart. To call, like, I'm going to Walmart to, to call get... the Philadelphia Inquirer <laughs> to get his. Contact. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to the Walmart to have my photographs of John Wall in the club developed. So, like, don't worry, they're they're coming in a couple of days. They're coming in a couple of days. <laughs> Amazing, right? But so, first stop. That's the first point. This story is just crazy. But secondly, John Wall doubling down. I'm not saying you can't doubling, go out. Doubling down. Though, I'm not saying it. you can't go out, right? I'm not saying you can't go enjoy out. yourself. Do what you do. Enjoy yourself. You you you've worked very hard in your career to be a very successful person. In fact, you're better than successful, right? Because you are at the pinnacle of your craft, and you're right? going to get forty six point nine million dollars in the fourth year of your contract. Yeah. So who <laughs> am I to tell you? To not go out and not enjoy yourself at Rose Bar, one of the hottest clubs in D.C. I'm, I can't tell you to not do that. Enjoy yourself. Now, my issue comes with the clapback from John Wall. Because what did John Wall do? He did what most 20 or people would do in 2018, <laughs> supposedly. They jump on an Instagram live session <laughs> while he's in a hot tub for some reason. I don't out, know. Yeah, outdoor but, hot tub in D.C.? It's going to be cold as no, shit. No, they're in Orlando. They're, in, they're on Orlando. Oh, they're in Orlando. So says, okay. Yeah, the Instagram live session was from Orlando. Play the Magic on Friday. Oh, uh, okay. So he's in, a, he's in a hot tub. 
some hot tub in Orlando, decides he's going to go on Instagram Live and respond to this. Now, again, John Wall, go out, enjoy yourself. Don't respond on Instagram Live to this in a hot tub. Don't respond at all. But if you are going to respond, don't do it on Instagram Live in a hot tub, right? But here's a comment. Quote, it's a long season. Everybody don't start off great. Keep being a fan. I'm going to keep hooping. If you don't like it, you can hike it. Facts. First of all, <laughs> I like I, if you don't like it, you can hike it. <laughs> that's, Did he that's mean take good. a hike? <laughs> Maybe that's some lingo. That's some DC lingo. Yeah, I don't it. know. That's what the go-go kids say. If you don't like it, say. you can hike it. So the go-go kids facts. say facts. <laughs> So a commenter asked why Wall, who was chilling in a hot tub, wasn't in, wasn't in the gym. To which Wall responded, I ain't in the gym because I just left practice about an hour or two ago. So now I'm relaxing with my feet up. But don't tell the fans that. They think I'm supposed to stay in the gym all day. <laughs> so then when people started bringing up the Stephen A. Smith call or <laughs> comments and Wall confirmed that he does frequent Rose Bar and said he found a meme that circulated of him with the nightclub's logo photoshopped onto his Wizards jersey funny. <laughs> so he, he's he's enjoying the joke of it, right? I give him a lot of credit Yeah, for exactly. That, right? Have fun with this because at the end of the day, this is a pretty ridiculous story that only happens in the NBA, right? For sure. So imagine Bob McKenzie t- like talking about how he has pictures of like Austin Matthews yo, I've got, in the club. Yo, like that would never Connor happen. Connor McDavid right? was in Edmonton's hottest nightclub, Cowboys. <laughs> right. It's just so funny. The NBA is the best. But this continues. Quote, I do go to Rose Bar on Saturdays. Yo, why are you snitching on yourself? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quote, Dummy. What? <laughs> what? Not supposed to party once in a blue while? Again, the blue fuck? moon. Where are you? Does he move? Blue did he meant blue, like take a hike. Blue moon. We got like his colloquialisms are not where they need to be. <laughs> oh, this is incredible! Again, I'll try this again. What? Not supposed to party once in a blue while. The fuck? Where you be at? Opera living room. Now. So okay, yeah, both of us, <laughs> both of us, thought the same thing. Thought the yes. same thing. Yeah. Why you got to hate on people who like opera? Yeah. I was like, what's wrong with the opera? How are you going to diss people that like the opera or like their living room? You make your living room nice so you can enjoy it because you might want to spend a lot of your time in a living room. But then we find out <laughs> that he's not talking about the actual opera. Or right? your actual or living, living rooms. These are actually the names of apparently inferior nightclubs in D.C. <laughs> So, so John Wall is now not only like instead of ripping people for going to the opera, he's dissing them for just going to whack bars in DC. So <laughs> this is incredible. I'm sorry. This you know so what? Good. You know what it made me think of. And we're the same age, growing like living in Toronto. Uh, yeah. Do you remember my apartment? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yo, definitely remember that. It used to always bug me out. People are like, uh, Yo, on Saturday night, I'm going to my apartment, and I was like, All right, where do you live? And they're like, no, 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 bro. It's a, it's a club downtown called My Apartment. I remember when I first moved to Toronto, I was like, wait, okay, so like, what subway stop do you live at? They're like, no, 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 bro, 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 bro. You gotta just, it's, we'll give you the address so of the club. Show up there. That's what I thought about when I found out that, uh, what is it? Living room is a, is living room and opera. An opera. <laughs> 
so good. I'm sorry. I, again, for people who are new to this podcast, this is what the Ball on Blast podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. is about. <laughs> Stories like this that are just so amazing that only happen in the NBA. Because to recap, we have one of the NBA's most prominent reporters going on TV saying that people are sending him pictures of one of the league's stars just partying way too much in the club. Said star then decides that he's going to do an Instagram live while in a hot tub <laughs> to respond to said comments and then chirp fans who question that he goes out by telling them exactly where he does go out and then disses the other clubs that they're probably at instead. <laughs> that is incredible. Only <laughs> in the so NBA. Good. Only in the NBA. Now... That story was so good that it almost could have ended up in our next segment, which is the feed me segment. And yeah, the feed you gotta me have segment, something better. You gotta, you better have something good in feed me segment here that that we right? moved if, that we moved John Wall. If John Wall's right. If John Wall's Instagram hot tub session didn't make the feed me segment, what's there, right? And the feed me segment is the best and sometimes the worst stories that come across our social media feeds involving the NBA, right? And first up. I mentioned it could be best or the worst. This definitely does not file under the worst category. No. Because one, Emily Ratajkowski. Is that how you pronounce her name? You may remember Emily Ratajkowski. You may remember her from getting naked in such videos as uh, Rob, <laughs> Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines. Yes. Um, she decided to go to Twitter or, yeah, she decided to go to her Twitter account and tweet out a picture of herself standing courtside at the Lakers game with the caption that reads simply checking in on boo at King James. <laughs> Again, I think, you know, obviously this is an audio medium. So people, as you're listening to this, just quickly get your Twitter fingers going and go to her it, Twitter account and see the picture. Because if you see the picture, you will understand more so why this is leading let's, our feed. <laughs> let's say it was cold in the arena that night. Yes, it was cold in the arena that night. And, you know, let's just say that for it being cold, she still wasn't wearing that much clothes. <laughs> no, no, she wasn't wearing that many clothes. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I'm just like, I don't understand what's going on here. Like, is she shooting her shot? Is she a, a huge basketball fan and loves LeBron James? Does she want to get murdered by Beyonce? Of, of, well, Savannah, right? Like, is she like... Oh, Savannah, my bad, my blue? bad. Yeah, Beyonce, whoa, whoa. Well, that, 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 hold on, here. now that was... The, well, that, that's why I came up, because that was the other meme, right? Of, oh, of yes, Jay-Z yes, and yes. Beyonce sitting courtside, and she's looking at LeBron. It's like, don't yes, worry, yes, don't worry, yes, honey, yes, I'll be yes. home in 20 minutes or whatever. <laughs> yes. I Sorry, Savannah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Savannah, yes. Um, for the record, LeBron did, like, two days ago, tweet out a picture of him and Savannah going to Diddy's party. Actually, it was after the Raptors game. After the Raptors game in L.A., after the Lakers got washed, uh, he and Savannah, he Instagrammed a photo with the caption of, like, him and his queen or his day one or something like that. Um, him and Savannah going to Diddy's birthday party in L.A., which is also why LeBron moved to L.A. And some might argue also why LeBron moved to L.A. are pictures like the one that Miss Emily Radichelsky yeah. <laughs> tweeted out on her page. I would advise you to check it out. Search that picture. Check, 
Check it out. But for maybe sure. not at work. And no, you can do it at work. Yeah, it's sports. It's LeBron James. Man. That's true. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my... <laughs> I mean, mind you, I work at a sports yeah, station, so like at the end of the day, she's at the Laker game and she, you know, posts a picture of herself at the Laker game. That's all. I'm just curious on the wording. Checking in on my boo, LeBron James. Like, if you're just a fan of basketball, you're just a fan of LeBron James, you could just say, my favorite player, LeBron James. Now, people might overanalyze it, but we, and you know, like they do with Rihanna, who also is a huge fan of LeBron James. Right. But my boo, checking in on boo, LeBron, King James, and adding him as well. Now, See, adding him I'm single man, no, 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 hold, single hold man, on. Webby. adding him okay. shows me that it's that it's more of a more of a fun thing. I think okay. if there was something actually going on, you wouldn't take it to a medium where you've got millions of followers. Between she's not shooting her shot. That's what you're saying. I don't think so. Too obvious. I don't think so. Too obvious. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's maybe her and Savannah are friends, and we just don't know. Maybe it. it's a download play, a down low play to get to Lance. To get to Lance, we know Lance is born ready, right? Try yo. <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. That's very good. Yeah, so good. Anyways, the NBA is the absolute best. And that's just absolutely outstanding. We want more thirst traps. Let, let, let me see, like, more uh, – I want more uh, uh, celebrities uh, going to games and being like, yo, at Cody Zeller. If you're here for at Cody Zeller, my boo. And it's like uh, – <laughs> I don't know. Zeller. I don't know. It's like the chick from uh, – It's like it, Amy it, Schumer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be the best. That's what I want. <laughs> Yo, I will say this, Webby, and do not comment on this, but I will say the first thing I thought about when I saw that picture was the Chris Rock bit where he talks about, like, married men when you're, like, old and you've been married for, like, way too long. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's like, now men stop chasing when they get married, but if it's chasing us, sometimes you just can't run fast enough. <laughs> and I was like, yo... I know it's LeBron, so but I'm looking at that picture, and I don't know if he can run away fast enough from that, right? I, I'm, like, butchering the bit, so go back and, like, actually watch the bit because it's super funny how he breaks it down. But that's essentially the gist of it. Exactly. We stop chasing, but if it's chasing us, sometimes we just can't run fast enough away. That's killer. Um, that's amazing. Again, that's a joke. Making a joke, ladies, our female fans, no men cheat, okay? It's not a thing. We What's don't a... do that. No. Now. Moving on to our feed, old our next topic in our feed me segment, right? I'm gonna simply toss this up to you, Webby, because I Uh-oh. found this amazing. But the Joel Embiid versus Andre oh, yeah. Drummond oh, yeah. Twitter beef has been going on now for what two years? Is it two years at least? Two years. Right? No, I think it started at the beginning of last year, the beginning of last season. So this season. Andre Drummond decided that he was going to comment on someone else's Instagram feed and say about Joel. It's a picture of him and Joel Embiid. And he comments and says, that man is fat out of shape and talks all day. I'm not worried about him. If I can't guard him, why was he so happy to have me out of the game? Was locking his ass up and running him to exhaustion. Really? Now, that was... That, that was, was before. When, that was the. That must well, remember been. that was a game when uh, after Embiid flopped, right? Right. Remember the the flop and that was Drummond the fouled Blake out, Griffin and, him. and that was the Blake Griffin fifty point yes. game. Yeah. Yes. Because they so played now, since then. They played since then, and in the rematch, 
one person went for 39 points, 17 rebounds, and two blocks, and the other went for eight and nine. <laughs> Hold on. Let me think of who had those. What, was the person with those stellar numbers the second-leading scorer in the NBA this year? Uh, is that Andre Drummond? Is he the second-leading scorer? No, no, no. Joel Embiid is the second-leading scorer in the NBA right now. So Drummond talks shit, and then JoJo just destroys him on the court, and then to make it worse, puts up a picture uploads a, a video sorry to his IG account that is just of a video an old video of Andre Drummond dancing <laughs> <laughs> dancing horribly by the way and the caption just says mood Yo. again so after destroying him dropping 39 and 17 Jojo goes back to Instagram to post a picture of Andre Drummond dancing horribly with the caption that just says mood Score victory, JoJo? Yo, JoJo had this one as soon as Andre Drummond went to Instagram to respond. <laughs> that's ready. That's when this was over. Yo, Yo you're saying he, he was like Pusha T, like he just had one waiting for Yo, to... <laughs> Yo Embiid, Embiid is like, he says that he has free real estate in Andre Drummond's head. And it's yeah. so true. <laughs> Drummond is so rattled by Embiid, oh, and like Embiid, like this is M this is what Embiid does, and you would think that NBA players would be smart enough to know that this is part of what he does. Exactly. And exactly. all, and you know what you do? You ignore it. You ignore it. I I agree. Why would you even continue to engage? And you know what? Initially, I thought I I wasn't down with Embiid flopping. And then getting up and like cheering to the crowd that he just successfully flopped. Right, right. I wasn't down with That's that. some soccer shit. Yeah. I wasn't even down with Embiid engaging with Drummond online because I'm thinking, yo, you guys are supposed to be focused on winning an NBA championship. Or, sorry, winning an Eastern Conference championship at least, right? Yeah. That should be the focus. Not the Detroit Pistons and Andre Drummond. But that's just... So, like, the, who cares about Andre Drummond? That was my thinking. But that's just but what then when Drummond wa wants to make it spicy, yeah. <laughs> then, hey, all bets are off. It's like right? a fly in a spider web, man. Just like, <laughs> I knew, like, what you just played right into it. Brutal, it's Drummond. So so good, so good. Again, the Feed Me segment is one of my favorite things just because it's exactly why we love the NBA because it's so, so good. Uh, one last thing I want to run by you, Webby. Oh, hold on. You mentioned your Rockets take being a little bit off, but earlier today I will say two things. One, in our, in our newsroom, the question was brought up, why the hell is OKC favored by four against the Rockets when OKC is on the second night of a back-to-back? -back? Without Russell Westbrook. And there's no Russell Westbrook. A quick look at the score. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a quick look at the score. OKC 93, Houston 73. Ooh. <laughs> like, what? Ooh. How does that work? How does Vegas know Ooh. this makes How do no they sense? know? That's what I always say. How I, do they know? Kids, the lesson here is do not gamble, okay? No. Don't gamble. That's the lesson, kids. Oh. If you listen to anything I say, How? do not gamble. Hold on. Or at least don't gamble more than your lunch money. Do you see the other score that's at half? Oh, Boston getting dummied by 20. Oh, yeah, by the, by the, the Suns. Suns. Wow, this is, this is what our podcast has turned into. Look at the, crazy, look at crazy, the scores. Crazy. Look at the box score. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the one thing I was going to ask you is, did you have any issues at all with the fact that 
on the surface, it looked like, oh, the Phoenix Suns are going to buy out Tyson Chandler, and Tyson Chandler is expected to sign with the Lakers. On the surface, some people didn't have a problem with that. But once you take a step back and you realize that, oh, wait a second, who's in charge of the Phoenix Suns? Why? One James Jones, who is noted to be a great friend of LeBron James. one LeBron James. Yeah. You know, the same LeBron James who referred to James Jones as the best teammate he's ever had. A little bit of coincidence no, here I got... that this just magically happens. Do you have a problem with that? Because no. there's a lot of people who think that magically – LeBron's teams always find a way to make these like maneuvers and trades and acquisitions that somehow other teams don't get. No, that, Do you have a problem with this? No, but that's just how it happens, not only in the NBA, but as you said, specifically with LeBron James. Remember, it was a couple of years ago when everybody was like, man, you know what the Cavs really need is Channing Fry. And then what happened? <laughs> no, Channing Fry's on the Cavs for what? Almost nothing, right? Yeah. This, yeah, this yeah, stuff yeah. happens. And then, especially when you look at like, how it happens with, I mean, look at the Kevin Garnett trade. Uh, yeah. Who traded? Uh, Kevin McHale. And Danny Kevin Ainge. McHale giving it to his boy Danny Ainge and his former squad, the Celtics. Yeah, Exactly, right? So uh, that, that that's not really something that, uh, that, that bothered me too much. I mean, it's the NBA. That's what happens. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. You know, I got to check in on the conspiracy theories out there. See where your head's at, you know? Of course. Nothing wrong with that. Of course. Uh, to wrap up the podcast, so we always do the Ask on Blast segment and – the Ask on Blast segment is, it normally has nothing to do with basketball. It's mostly pop culture, just what else is going on that's piquing our interest. And Webby, I noticed you tweeting Ooh, a lot about some albums. Big drop and last week. I just want you to tell me because, you know, I'm stuck in my ways, right? I'm hype in the morning and I throw on Young Jeezy. I throw on Jay-Z still. You know, you might catch me with some Pusha T. Mix in some Drake, depending on the moods. You know what I mean. But I, I hit the same, I hit the same notes, right? I'll go to my, uh, what's the one playlist on iTunes I go to? I think it's called the A list. I think it's the A list. Okay. Or it's lit. That one too. But you know, to try to see what's new, right? And then you stumble across a Mo Bamba or something Ooh, like that, right? Check West got so <laughs> many flows. Right. But for the most part. I still need help from my friends. What should I be listening to? And I saw you tweeting a bunch about some new drops. So let me know, Webby. What should I be listening to right now? What dropped? What are you bumping in the, in the headphones? Okay, I got three drops that came out last week, okay? And especially if okay. you're into different kinds of moods, if you're into different kinds of uh, what, whatever you're feeling right now, I got three great albums for you, okay? Now, okay. Uh, again, you and I, same age. We're, we're old men now. So a lot, a lot of the new... <laughs> Hip hop is new and scary to me. And uh, Twenty One Savage, he looks really weird. And I don't know. <laughs> who, who are all these industry? Who points? are all these weird people out here? Okay, Metro Boomin though is a producer uh, in hip hop. If you've listened to any popular hip hop over the last what five six years, you've heard Metro yeah. Boomin. And Metro Boomin puts out compilation albums, albums of all of his songs, all of his beats, and gets the best rappers out right now to lay down tracks over his stuff so he just dropped a new album called uh, all heroes don't wear capes and okay holy shit <laughs> okay <laughs> first of all like i didn't know that sway lee was really amazing all right yes. uh like tw yeah. i didn't know that 21 savage was actually a fucking dope ass rapper uh i oh okay. i did know that young thug is 
like low key one of the better rappers of this generation. He's on it a couple of times. Fucking sick. And then of okay, course, so I should check that definitely out. check I'm that. In, it's, it's definitely like a compilation album, but it's a hype up, right? Got, yeah, I've loved Metro Boomin beats for sure. So I'm okay, in. I'm in. Next, again, I know you. You know me. We're we're big fans of uh, of uh, of coke rap, as we'll put it. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, uh, King Push never leaves. Never leaves. Every my once in a while, listen. Every once in a while, I need some drug dealing music. Okay. <laughs> and one of my favorite kind of rappers that filled that kind of mold over the last couple of years has been Freddie Gibbs. Freddie oh, Gibbs. Okay. Freddie Gibbs, big time lyricist, did an album with Mad Lib a couple of years ago that was awesome called Pinata, which you definitely should check out if you haven't yet. There's another rapper out there named Currency. Currency okay. is very, super dope. Uh, again, a lot of rapping about drugs and stuff. It's awesome. Currency and Freddie Gibbs put out a joint album called a joint album. Yeah, called uh, Fendi. I think okay. it's called Fendi. Hold on, I got it up here. Give me a sec. Anyway, it's just those two for the whole album. It is, it's amazing, and it's a little more oh Fetty F E T T I, not Fendi. Okay. Um, and, and it's the Alchemist is doing all the beats, so it's the Ooh. Alchemist. That's a throwback. Alchemist, okay. yeah, yeah, Currency, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Freddie Gibbs. No features. It's just those two. It's it's awesome. Like I say, it's a little more low-key, a little more laid back, but super dope. The third one, though, is the one that is going to be your favorite. Okay. I'm listening. I'm listening. Swizz Beats put out an album called Poison. All right. Okay, Swizzy. Swizz. I'll make time okay. for Swizzy. I, I, I won't even tell you. I won't even go through the the names of the songs. I'll just tell you the features on this because obviously Swizzy is not really a rapper, right? No, he's a hype. But man. check this out. Okay, we got Lil Wayne, uh, Giggs on one, Kendrick Lamar, Jada, and Styles P. <laughs> I'm here for that. Yes. Jim, jo- Jim Jones that. is on a is on a track. Jimmy uh, Na- yes. Nas okay. is on a track. Push okay. is on a track. Thugger's on a track. Two Chains is on a track. And and French Montana is on a track. The, Gotta have bro, some Frenchy. Okay, bro, okay. This will be your favorite album of the year. Yo, it's November, and my favorite album of the year is still is still Victory Lap. The whole year I've been talking about Victory Lap. Come on, Webby. Oh, the Nipsey. <laughs> the Nipsey. Come okay, on, okay, 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 sorry. Come on. Yes, yes. I've been on the Nipsey hustle was the that, whole I thought this year. Was last, That's still my I album I thought this was year. last year. No, it was just early. When did Victory Lap come out? I got to look that up. Um, but Victory Lap is still my favorite album of the year. Tonight. All right. But I will it, check this Swizzy's going to be your, your album of the year. I can tell you that. I'm surprised okay. that Push isn't your album of the year. That's what I thought. Push pushes up there man i'm in but so those are that what would meek what would meek do is that pushes uh yeah yeah scoop 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 yeah yeah kanye almost ruined it but yo what would meek do is a dope ass track uh yeah so that pusha t album is up there it's in my top so metro boomin uh all heroes don't wear capes uh freddie gibbs and currency fetty and uh poison by swiss beats those are my three recommendations they are incredible all three are just like I'm super impressed, and they're like heavy rotation right now. Dope, dope, dope. Okay, okay. 
people. Let us know what you think. Take a listen to Webby's uh, three recommendation. Hit up, hit us up. Three recommendations yeah. in English. Hit us up. Let us know what you think, what you liked, what you didn't like, and maybe you guys have some recommendations of your own. And as always, you can send us questions for our Ask on Blast topic or segment. Sorry. I'm starting to lose it right now as yeah, we wind down bit. at the end of this podcast. It's been a long week of West Coast Raptors yeah. late night post game shows. I'm starting to lose it right now as we get to the end of this podcast. But this has been a lot of fun. So much fun because we get to talk just jokes and the fun shit going on in the NBA. And this is what we do week after week on the Ball on Blast podcast. And if you want some more of that, you can follow us on socials, right, Webby? Where can they get a lot of the, the whole green goodness from Mr. Andrew? <laughs> That's right. All the takes. They're uh, on Instagram and Twitter. It's the same, at AWebster84. Right. And I am Sheldon Alexander. You can follow me at Shell Alexander on Twitter and at Sheldon Alexander on Instagram. Both places. You can also find the live versions of the Wrap It Up Raptors postgame show right after the game. Find us there. Hit us up. Send your questions. Send your topics. Send your hot takes. We love interacting with the fans on that podcast as well as this podcast. So basketball worlds colliding as basketball continues to grow in this country of Canada because we are doing work, son. But again, shout out to those that are listening to this podcast. You can find it on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on Google Play by searching On Blast Podcast. You can do the same on YouTube. Shout out to the people on the YouTube channel. It's under my name. You can subscribe there. But if you just search On Blast Podcast or Wrap It Up On Blast, search that on YouTube. Find the video content there. Lots of stuff there for basketball fans. And again, the comment section is turning in own funny conversation (laughs) there too. So don't hesitate to join us. We love interacting with the fans just as much as we love interacting with each other on this podcast each and every week talking basketball, right? And you know what, Webby? It's always a reminder to me because to quote the wise words of your your Philly native, Meek Millie, I I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see you. Peace. Boom, blast.